Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Worship God, the TGC Canada podcast focused on discussing gospel-centered worship, where we seek to equip and encourage worship in the people of God for the local church personally as leaders. That's what we're here for. So thank you for joining us today. And I have with me Wyatt Graham and Rob Brockman and Pat Sabell from all across this fine country of ours. How are you doing, guys? Doing well. Good to be here, Pat. <clears throat> You guys from uh, one coast, the West Coast, and the three of us are in Ontario. And so we're folks, wherever you're watching from today, thanks for joining in. We are really excited to be here. This is, I think, our fourth episode, if I'm not mistaken. So this is new. And uh, we should, you know, just do some streamers or something because we actually came up with a name for our podcast. Uh, Worship God. Pretty simple. We were, you know, jumping around with some different topics. And uh, Wyatt, you came up with this pretty simple one. And I think it says exactly what we want to do. And uh, in the coming weeks, we're going to actually tell you our focus and just kind of go behind the scenes a little bit. Actually, stay tuned for the next one. That's what we'll, we'll do. And we'll give you the behind the scenes heartbeat of, of why we're here and what we hope to see this podcast accomplish. So Wyatt, I'm going to throw it to you. You had a suggestion for us today in terms of what we're going to be focusing on. Just this whole topic of discouragement as worship leaders and as those we lead or discouragement in those we lead. So tell us, tell us kind of the, the heartbeat behind today's topic and uh, why you think it's important for us to talk about. Well, I think a lot of churches around Canada are beginning to have worship services. There's, it's different in every province, of course, but some provinces are, some are not. And I think a lot of worship leaders, worship members, even congregants, are, we're really looking forward to returning to church, but there are some disappointments. For example, maybe only a third of your congregation has returned, or you can't sing in your province, or your worship team maybe can't show up for various reasons. They're a bit nervous about COVID-19. There's all sorts of things that can create a number of challenges. And I, I can see a lot of worship leaders, pastors, members, kind of just being disappointed. They were really hoping to get back to normal and as, as is the case, it's not normal. And I think that can create a bit of disappointment in our hearts. And I don't think we need to be disappointed. Uh, I think there are ways for us to look to the Lord and find courage and strength and, and be edified. And I was kind of hoping that you three would be able to explain how that works. Because, you know, I can't. <laughs> uh, so I'm hoping you guys have a conversation about that. Maybe talk about your own disappointments and, and ways to, to look to the Lord and to lead as worship leaders in your congregation, in your church, in your family, in your community, what that looks like, and how to stay encouraged despite this time of discouragement. So I'm sure you can kind of modify it in the way that you think is best, but I'll let you guys, in your collective wisdom, take over the topic now. Right. I'm going to throw it over to uh, Brother Pat on the West Coast. And Pat, to respond to that, where have you sensed personal discouragement? Where have you seen it in believers around you? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think there is a real temptation to discouragement. Um, you know, that what we would consider normal is not normal anymore. And, uh, and it just seems like the, the, the amount, the onslaught of news that we hear is, is always quite negative. And um, yeah, we're, the temptation to discouragement to listen to everything that's out there. And I think we're, we're prone to wander. We're prone to forget. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was thinking of <clears throat> uh, 
the objective truth found in God's word has something to say to every and any situation, any circumstance that we're going through. And the, the question is, is do we believe this? Um, and I was thinking um, a, a quote, one of, one of my favorite quotes from Samuel Rutherford. He says, believe God's word and power more than you believe your own feelings and experiences. He, he continues to say that your rock is Christ and is not the rock which ebbs and flows, but your sea. Uh, S-E-A. And I think this is uh, so important that constantly in my life, I am, I am tempted to believe my own feelings and my own experiences. Um, I think it was Martin Lloyd-Jones that, Jones that talked about um, talking to yourself versus listening to yourself. Uh, um, and we, we need to be a people, I think, during this season of what is not normal <laughs> um, and and who knows if you know when normal is going to return we need to be a people that is talking to ourselves uh, believing god's word and god's power more than we believe our feelings and our experiences and i was thinking of some great songs you know that we love to sing <laughs> uh, during this time like uh, my hope is built on nothing less than jesus blood and righteousness um, you know, verse two, when darkness veils its lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace and every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. His oath is covered in his blood. Support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. So we sing this word. We, we have no problem singing this, but you know, our, our realities often is we, we are struggling to, 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 to live there. Um, and I think that's, that's the way we battle discouragement, um, thinking intentionally about uh, applying the gospel to our hearts, to our souls, and, and believing God's word more than we believe our feelings and experiences. That's, that's, that's something that's helped me. Uh, struggle uh, in my struggle of discouragement. Yeah, mm. that's good. Rob, how about you? What are your thoughts on this whole topic, and uh, where are you where are you looking? Yeah, I, I, and I get the whole dealing with discouragement thing as worship leaders. I remember when COVID first happened, I had oh within the first month this grand vision of when we all get back together the sanctuary is packed and I had people texting me like on my band songs that we should sing. Oh, this needs to be the first song that we sing when we get back together and stuff like this. And we were all dreaming. And then, you know, two weekends ago we gathered and it was 30 people in a sanctuary that holds 600. It was very underwhelming and almost sad in a, in a way. Now it was, it was, it was encouraging in some ways, but for me personally, I, I really struggled with that sense of discouragement essentially because I love the sound of the saints gathering and singing songs like that. Pat, mm. One of the songs I was thinking about is It Is Well. And mm. just that song, when, when it talks about peace like a river or tempest roaring, whatever my lot, you know, and, and yeah. hearing us yeah. sing that. So, so I get, I definitely get that kind of sense of discouragement. And um, the one thing that I've been thinking about recently 
is Paul writes to the first in, to the Thessalonians and in his first letter he's dealing with people who are very discouraged people have died and he's and he's trying to encourage them people are worried about this darkness pat you talked about dark the darkness that can come sometimes come and um and i i was just because i preached this last weekend this text came up as i was trying to help encourage our people and it says this first thessalonians chapter five and, and it's like what do we do what do we do when we're feeling this discouragement and he says this you are all children of life and of light in verse five children of the day we are not of the night, but of the darkness. So we are not of the night or the darkness. So let us then not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who, get, who, those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk get, are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober. And then he says this, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of hope in salvation. And he talks about how God has destined us for wrath right? What, what do we have to worry about? God isn't destined us for wrath. He is, he has paid for our sins, the death of Christ that we might have life. And so he says, put on faith, put on hope, put yeah. on love. Yeah. And those things need to ground us. And I think there is a certain amount of like reframing that happens in the heart of a believer when we gather together to worship. I mean, we, we sing these songs over ourselves. We wash ourselves with the truth and it's encouraging but if that's all we're doing is, is just waiting for Sunday to do this, we're going to have a problem because, man, we just need to look out in the world and see the darkness, see the discouragement that's out there. So we need to be people who daily put on this armor of faith, hope, and love. Uh, that, that's absolutely critical. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but certainly my heart has been um, tethered to that throughout this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Good thoughts. And, you know, I think we're not alone in what we're feeling in terms of discouragement. Rob, you mentioned earlier about Romans 8. And uh, I was thinking about this, this quote from C.S. Lewis. We just, we know that this isn't the way things should be. We know that we're not home yet. And when life is candy coated and when life is sweet and when it feels like a pillow, it's like, nah, earth is pretty good. I don't really have to think about heaven. I think that discouragement and disappointments are really good for our spiritual lives. Because mm-hmm. it lifts our eyes and saying that true satisfaction is not found here. Ultimately, Psalm 73, whom have I in heaven but you? There's nothing on earth that I desire. My heart fail. Mm-hmm. God is the strength of my heart. And, and again, we, we did talk about this a couple of episodes ago where, where I think there's a stripping away of these false joys and these false senses of satisfaction. And maybe they're good things. And sometimes good is the enemy of the best. But the Lord is saying to us, I believe in this time, go for what's best. Go for where true soul satisfaction is, is uh, to be found. And C.S. Lewis has this quote. He says, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. Mm-hmm. And I think not only were we made for another world, but we're made for another love. It's not the love of self. It's not the love of the things on this earth, it's the love of Christ and the glory of God and the eternity that's, that he's preparing for us. So yeah, dis- discouragement, disappointment is really hard, but God is very purposeful in it. And I think we do have a hope because just think about Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. And if you just imagine that as a parallel for where we were, mm-hmm. they're going great. They go to Philippi, things are great. They had the call. 
they meet Lydia, she gets saved, and you know, they find a, a, a beachhead in, in terms of the gospel, and, um, and then everything kind of turns sour, right? There's the attack, and there's the beating, and there's the imprisonment, and it's midnight. And everything, everything that was good and everything that they felt God was blessing them with all of a sudden got turned on its head, or at least so they thought. But verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. The prisoners were listening. And then we know the story, earthquake, and the jailer is saved in this household, and the church is established. So I, you know, I think it's good for us to, to acknowledge this exile that we're in, but to say, God, you do great things at midnight. And uh, our worship doesn't stop. And the sanctification process that God is working in us doesn't stop. In fact, it probably ramps up. And I think the true heart of worship actually probably ramps up in times like this when things are stripped away. What are you guys thinking? Yeah, it should. You know, I think it really should. Like, that's what Paul and Silas did, man. They were beaten. They were bloodied. They were tempted, I'm sure, to discouragement. What do they do, man? They sung they sung and the rumbles of faith turned into the rumbles of the ground <laughs> beneath them right and i think that's just such an encouraging thing that we should be like reminding ourselves that part of the point of worship yeah it's primarily to worship god but it's also to tell of his deeds and that encourages our hearts john chrysostom one of the early church fathers says this wonderfully poetic line and i love it it's for nothing arouses the soul gives it wings, sets it free from the earth, releases it from the prison of the body, teaches it to love wisdom and to condemn all things of this life as concordant melody and sacred song composed in rhythm. And it's like, yeah, singing the truths of God just give flight to our discouraged souls. And that's, that's a beautiful thing, Pat. Yeah, I, I think if if that melody is not there, I think often as worship leaders, the temptation is to, we got our heads down and we're, we're, we're thinking all the, the right thoughts to do ministry, but we've, we've lost sight of Jesus personally, just that longing to be with him. And I think there's nothing greater. And if we, we find ourselves in a place where there's discouragement, you know, just this week, I, I, I told my wife I need to I need like three days where I'm I'm not going to be at the dinner table and I I'm just I need to be alone with the Lord um, and I find like John Piper in his book on fasting talks about that you know I think the book's called A Hunger for God where he says in, in fasting we're saying you know Jesus I need you more than physical food yeah. um, I wonder how many worship leaders out there are you know, are discouraged because we're, we're busy. We're doing church. We're, we're having to figure out church completely different right now, but much of our engagement is with all that stuff and not with Christ himself. And um, I was thinking of an old hymn, you know, Oh, the pure delight of a single hour when before your throne, I spend when I kneel in prayer and with, and when I, kneel in prayer and commune with God or when I kneel in prayer and I you know that line you know, and with the I, right, with the I find my friend I commune as friend with friend um, you know draw me nearer nearer blessed Lord to the cross or place where you've died cross where you've died um, I think there's just something about being with Jesus 
that can can help us in this time. And we, you know, I'm just more aware uh, today than I have been in the last couple months. Uh, and I and I think it's the the accumulative effect of the of COVID nineteen that is bearing down on my soul. But I'm more aware, like I, like you said, Jody, a few minutes ago, discouragement and and trouble often brings us to a place of going, you know, Lord, I need you every hour. I need you, um, and I just feel like a greater longing in my soul for Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing. And I would say to worship leaders out there, you know, we, we need him every hour. We need him. We need him to, to, we need to be near him and to, to love him deeply. And from that place of loving him deeply, we do ministry, you know, first I'm a follower of Jesus and then I'm a, a worship guy mm-hmm. or a worship gal. Um, and I think it's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we we would be amiss if we did not say, Lord, continue to teach us these important lessons. God has got us in the school of waiting. He's got us in the school of affliction in some, some cases. And I think we do well to say, Lord, do the work. Let, let your spirit do the work that he wants to do in me. Let your Holy Spirit, Lord, do the work that you want to do in our churches. Strip away what needs to be stripped away. As you said, refocus us where we need to be refocused. Uh, and, you know, let's not miss what God is doing in this season in us personally. And I think it's exciting. You know, in the Bible, the Bible doesn't sugarcoat the, the brokenness of, of living in exile. We, as I said in previous things, we are working on a lament song, which we're all saying, how long, Lord? When can we get back to normal? And what will normal be? Psalm 42, when can I go and meet with God? You know, I'm, I'm away from this place, from the sanctuary, from God's presence, God's people like I want to be. When, Lord, when can I go? So the Bible endorses our, our longings and it, it understands, and God understands that we want things to be different. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, you've, you guys have been quoting these great old hymns. And as, as we know, if you look at the last verse of most of these hymns written in the, say, 17, 1800s particularly, what's yeah. the last verse of that always? Yeah. Always. <laughs> Heaven. Looking forward to the blessed hope, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think, Lord, uh, stir, us, stir us with a, a view of eternity. Stir us up with a longing for that day. Let, let what's going on lift our eyes beyond the few decades that we live on this earth. Mm. And I love the scripture in Ecclesiastes 3.11. It says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Mm-hmm. And you've, you've both have given some great encouragements for how we actually deal with discouragement. And I think, here's another one, that did God's timing is perfect and that God has made. There's this, there's this uh, what verb tends with, he has made. In the past, he's perfected it. So it's like past perfect or something. But God in the past has perfected what he is working out in the present that's going to be a great ending. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, what other hope do we need, right? The cross right. has done it all, and God's yeah. salvation plan is being worked out. So COVID is working toward a good end. God has made it perfect already for our mm-hmm. hearts and our lives. Mm-hmm. And let me just uh, ask the question. So as we go on to lead our people, whether that's in our services, Rob, you've been talking about that, maybe Pat, in your context, it's one-on-one mentoring or, or teaching. What are some practical things we can do to help our people find hope in Christ, even in the midst of disappointment. 
I, I think for me, uh, it's helping people see the practical implications of living in the gospel. Um, so, so one thing that I was thinking about when we talked about Romans eight is although we might be a practical implication of the gospel is although we might be separated from the full expression of worship and, and of the saints, we're not separated from Christ. And I think as pastors, we're, we're so cautious about helping people see their need for the saints. And this time we also need to help them see their need for Christ, like Pat saying daily in their own lives. And, and we are, yes, united totally and de dependent on the gathering, but we are also dependent on just daily devotion to Jesus. And, and we're not separated from him. And I was thinking about Romans 8, 31, and, and Paul goes through and, and to 35, and he goes through all these great questions, you know, who can be against us? Well, if God's for us, nobody can be against us. Well, who can bring a charge against us? God's the one who justifies. So nobody. Who can condemn us? Christ has already been condemned in our place. No, nobody can condemn us. Uh, what can separate us? And, and then he goes on. He talks about tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, diseases, danger. Like COVID can't separate us from God. Th that is one of the implications of a gospel is that, man, we can have unity with Jesus together despite this because of the cross, because there is nobody who can bring a charge against us. There is nobody who can condemn us. And there is nobody that can separate us from Christ. So although we mourn and we lament, I was thinking about Psalm 137 by the rivers of Babylon, right? The, their captors are telling them to sing song. Hey, you're Israelites, you're great singers. Why don't you sing us some of your famous songs? And they're going, they're weeping. And they're like, how can I sing these songs when I'm away from God's people? I'm away from Israel. I'm away from Jerusalem. It doesn't make sense. And that longing, like, hey, God, curse me with an inability to play my music and to sing if I don't remember you, if I don't remember your people. And I think we, we can call ourselves to go, hey, remember Christ. Remember what he has done for us. That's a very practical thing that we can do daily when we find ourselves discouragement and go, Hey, I'm not, I'm not separated from Christ. I may be separated from God's people in certain expressions, but man, I'm still one with Christ. And that should combat a lot of discouragement. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I, uh, I mean, I think we, we have been talking of some practical things in terms of, you know, talking to yourself versus listening to yourself. I, I don't quote the message very often. <laughs> uh, the, the paraphrased uh, version of, of scripture. Um, but, but reading this morning, uh, Jesus' words in Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, you know, come to me all who are weary, heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke on um Take my yoke on you and learn from me, for I'm humble and gentle. You find rest for your soul. The, the message paraphrased uh, says, are you tired, worn out, uh, burned out on religion? Question marks. Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. And I just thought that that I think is, there's probably lots out there that don't realize that we, we think we're living, but we don't know what living is because Jesus said that we, we find our life when we lose it. Mm -hmm. 
And so to, to come to him and to get away with him, then we realize that, oh, and, and I think that's what you've been saying, Jody, there's this, there's this longing that, that, that he's put in with us. I think it's uh, Psalm 84, verse six, it says, or maybe verse five, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. I love that because there's a sense where, you know, God awakens our heart. He saves us. And um, there's this, this path that we, you know, there's, there's no other path for us. <laughs> um, we may, we may uh, take a right or a left and go down the street a little bit and experience a, a cul-de-sac where it's a dead end, but ultimately there's a path, there's a way. And, and that way is, is, is in our hearts. Um, so um, you know, get away with me, recover your life. And then it says, and I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And I, I think, I, you know, the practically I think is, is just that. How do we, how do we, uh, help people to 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 come to Jesus, and uh, what does that look like uh, in our daily lives that are so busy? From the minute we get up, the the agenda is full. You know, the to do list is full. How are we helping them to think? What does it look like to to be at Jesus' feet and to find rest? Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I would I would love to be the kind of person that. Um, like Paul and Silas, whether in an in prison, in a prison cell, whether beaten, I, mean, I think that's the place we all want to be, that w- whatever happens around me, whether it's joy or sorrow, whether, as you know, you said it as well with my soul, whether the sun is shining or the storms are blowing, it's okay, because Christ is all in all, and we see that as something we would uh, ascend to, and I was thinking, there's this song, uh, Great Sovereign Grace song, we love it, Oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Here's these words, right? It says, greatest treasure of my longing soul. My God, like you, there is no other true delight is found in you alone. It's exactly what we've been talking about. And if, if you don't, folks, if you don't know that, that song, check it out. Oh, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. It is a beautiful, beautiful song. Next verse says, God, my rock and my redeemer, strong defender of my weary heart. It sounds exactly what we've been talking about. Um, you know, it just talks about the fact that he rose from the grave and uh, he is our rock and our redeemer. He's the strong defender of our lives. So let's, let's just cast ourselves upon Jesus again. We used to sing in the, I guess the nineties, you are my strength when I'm weak. You're my all in all. Mm-hmm. And to, to find Christ in that, in that joy. And that uh, I was reading a biography uh, that uh, John Piper wrote about uh, Charles Spurgeon and Hudson Taylor and George Mueller. And one of the things he talks about in camaraderie of confidence is just that Mueller, as great of a leader as he was with all his mission work and his faith, raising all that money, and he was a pastor, uh, he just, he found his joy in Christ. Every day he would spend time on his knees, and regardless of what happened, he would find his joy in God. And let's allow God's work to happen in us to find our, our greatest and highest joy in, in Christ and in the gospel. As we continue to serve and uh, be those lights uh, to other people around us. So uh, final words as we wrap up, Rob, I'll throw it over to you. Uh, thoughts, encouragement, musings, uh, 
desires for your favorite tacos as we're almost at lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's breakfast for me. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> breakfast tacos. Um, yeah. yeah, the thing that I've been thinking about and just want to encourage our listeners with is this. There's a, there's a real temptation when we grow tired of the work. A lot of us are very busy recording songs, editing video, getting teams together that we grow, we stop watching for the enemy. Um, we're, we're going through Nehemiah and we just looked at Nehemiah for this past weekend. Nehemiah has them working all day and watching all night, sword, on, sword in hand, trowel in hand. And Peter warns us, hey, be watchful, be sober-minded. Uh, the enemy prowls around like a lion. We got we to think about that too. Ephesians 6, you know, we're in a spiritual <laughs> battle and we need to be sober-minded. And, and the temptation here is for us to grow weary and tired and to stop watching and to stop being on guard. And, and again, an implication of the gospel is that we can do this. Christ is victorious. He has empowered us through his spirit. So um, we need to be on guard. We need to be watchful because the enemy would love to use this situation um, to come against God's people. So we got to be watchful. That would be my, my encouragement. Good. Pat? Yeah. I, I would say to anyone listening in, it's a worship leader um, in particular, a pastor, um, you know, listen to the words of Paul the apostle in first Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers be steadfast immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. And that steadfastness and immovable, abounding and always abounding in the work of the Lord can only happen when we've been with Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, say to your weary heart, your discouraged heart, um, speak, speak the good news of the gospel and the hope of the gospel to, to it. And uh, brothers, be steadfast. Yeah. Continue to look to Christ and uh, let, let him lead you. That's a good word. Good word, guys. My, uh, my encouragement, uh, friends, as you're watching today is from Hebrews 7.25. Consequently, Jesus, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him. And listen to these words. Since he always lives to make intercession for them. Amen. Amen. Discouraged, weary one, weary soul, weary heart today. Jesus and the Holy Spirit, Romans talks about that. They, they pray for us. When we're, we feel like we're fainting, when we feel like we're a, a bruised reed or a smoldering little wick, uh, your, your reed will not break. Your, your fire will not go out. Because Jesus knows and he is good and he loves his church and he loves you. And so thank you for joining us today um, on behalf of Rob and, and Pat and Wyatt. Thanks, uh, friends, for watching. Uh, thanks for watching Worship God, the TGC Canada podcast, where we seek to have uh, conversations about gospel worship and the implications for our lives and leaders in the local church. So God bless you. I'm going to pray, and then we'll sign off. Lord, thank you for our discussions today. Thank you for the encouragement that you give to us and that you are for us. You are our help. You uphold our life, and Lord, you strengthen those who are weary. Mm -hmm. So Father, help us not to be weary in well-doing, but to keep being steadfast and immovable and abounding in the work of the Lord. And Lord, thank you that nothing can separate us from your love. Mm -hmm. Jesus, lift our eyes beyond this world to the glory of who you are and what is waiting for us. 
as we await that day, how long, Lord, till that day. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.